everyone! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest indoor adventure in Departure, part two of our Four Keeps adventure. Today is February 15th, 2021, and you are loved. That is a very important thing that we like to remind each and every single one of our viewers and listeners at the beginning of each and every single one of these games. Garfield the Human, thank you so much for the follow. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, you can go to youtube.com slash indoor adventures to check up on all of the VODs of each of the games that we have played up until this point, including full playthroughs of Curse of Strahd, Ghost of Salt Marsh, our Tyrant Security game, as well as our Tomb of Annihilation game, among much more. So if you are interested in that, uh, but you also don't want to have to dedicate yourself sitting in front of a t uh, TV or computer screen that long, hey, guess what? We're also available anywhere audio casts are made uh, for free. You you can find us there under the same moniker and speaking of things that are being made available for free if you go to patreon doc yeah patreon.com slash indoor adventures you can check up on our after show called nights in the courtyard where we answer questions not only from each other but also from the community and that is also where we are getting quite a few of our homebrew rewards ended up being posted uh an updated runt axe for the runt axe and in its exalted form has been put onto that patreon as well you actually have to be a patron, uh, a patron to be able to view that one. So something to consider. Uh, and if you already support us on Patreon, you already support us on Twitch and YouTube and all of those other fine places. And you're trying to think, where can I go to help support this wonderful show even more? Guess what, buddy? I got your back. Quite literally, in fact, because if you go to indooradventure.redbubble.com, we got t-shirts, we got posters, we got mugs, we got crop tops, throw pillows, shower curtains, aprons, clocks. And most importantly, we also have Tia masks, that's right, we have face masks with the symbol of Tiamat upon them, done by our very own Cyberwolf1201, where all the proceeds from those mask sales end up going to help support Doctors Without Borders. So if you would like to help support a good cause or possibly help go and support the show, you can again go to Indoor Adventure, there's no S at the end, .redbubble.com. But that is it for my opening spiel. So hey, RJ, who are you playing today? everybody, I'm RJ, but today I'll be playing Kalem, the Shatterkai Wizard. Hello everybody, I'm LB Hackmup. Oh my god. I'm LB Hackmup, and I'll be playing Gwen, the Halfling Barbarian Fighter. Hi! I'm Cyber. I use he, him pronouns, and I play Archon, the Draconian Ranger Cleric, again. Yes. Who also uses he, him. Hey everybody, I'm Wings, also known as Danae Keener, she, her, and I'm playing as Coriander, the Elegant Paladin, she, her. And I am the Indoor Adventurer, and tonight I shall be your Dungeon Master. So, last we left off, it was almost on a wee bit of a bittersweet note. Uh, as three members of the Four Keeps, being Gwen, a spiritual version of Kalem in the moment, as well as Arjan, decided that they were going to take the Manor of Moon's Tear back to the Material Plane and just see what had happened in the time that they were gone, as well as establish their footing again on the plane that they had left for the last month or so. It was at this point, uh, after several days being on the material plane, uh, Kalem was able to reconstitute a body after having a rather out-of-body experience in the form of a past-life dream through Corvain Nightfeather. Uh, it was at this point that he was able to stir and awake, uh, and Gwen and 
Arjan, being the friends that they were, waited for him to reconstitute. So that way you could at least talk to him about where you guys were going to be going forward in this. It was around this point that Gwen, remembering a present that she was supposed to give to Calum, ended up handing Calum this uh, Twilight Lotus, as she had been told the name thereof. And Calum decided that he was going to use your guys' sending bits uh, to message Corey that he had received such a gift. Uh, it was at this point that we ended last session with Corey on her way to go and visit Cyprus, and Gwen having asked Calum if he had remembered to tell Corey that she said hi. So. Uh, is there anything that, uh, actually let's start with the Feywild. So, Corey, uh, when you had gotten done with, uh, defeating Vinru in the Feywild, one thing that was quite, uh, quite noteful, at least, was that you were still in your Raven form. Uh, now having taken some time on, uh, on the Fey Isle, is there any other form that you would like to defer to in this moment? I, I think that when she visits Cyprus for the first time, she stays in Raven form. Okay. Sounds good. There is, there are a lot of eyes that are definitely drawn your way of just being like, they have never seen an Eladrin look this way. Where did your colors go? Uh, and there are actually, like, some younger Eladrin who will ask this of you as well, just, like, not understanding what this means or what this form means. Um, what does Corey say to them? I still have them. It's just I have one more season. Okay. And they, they all seem like they're fairly young enough that this explanation that you've given them is like more than enough to keep their wild minds running. Uh, so you make your way uh, to the medical facility where you know that Cyprus is being held. Uh, and guarding the door uh, is actually the Summer Kalen. Uh, yeah, the Summer Kalen Rudbeck. So... Uh, as you get to it, they sort of acknowledge you uh, and just let you know that um, he's up, but he's not there. And when, and they sort of tell you to just sort of like brace yourself for what you're about to see. Uh, and Corey, stealing, uh, stealing yourself, you are mechanically immune to fear and frightening effects but that does not mean that they still do not dwell in your heart uh and as you open this door and enter in you can see that cyprus is laying on a bed he has blankets that are up to about his mid waist um and his head sort of lulls down a little bit with the with far more weight than a young Aladrin in their 20s should be able to possibly bear. And they are looking down at their hand. And as you're getting close, you can see that there are what look like 
Whereas Calum has these kind of like black veinish lines that run up his arm, these are very much like fracture markings. And Cypress can see that there is something, there was somehow a thing that pulled him back together. And when you enter into the room, he goes from looking at his arm to just looking in your direction. And there is... It's like he doesn't recognize the person who is standing before him. And you can see that where his body is back to the way that it was, to the way that it should be, that there is one of these break lines that actually goes over his leftmost eye. And it seems like the eye never recovered. There's just sort of like this more milky texture there as he looks towards you. Hello. And he just sort of looks at you. And you see his hand flex. And as you say hello, he just continues to look towards you. Corey puts the gift basket on the table. Um, she sits down. I was worried I'd never see you again. They just look at the basket and look towards you. And you can see still that there are those two deep lines, uh, those two deep scars that he had from uh, his frozen tears have seemed to remain, almost just cutting through any of the other scar marks that are on his person. Well, first of all, I want to say that you're safe and you're going to be safe. We're going to protect you. There's no other danger to be worried about. And you're going to be taken care of. I'm sorry. Sorry that I wasn't strong enough to prevent all of this from happening. I'm sorry that I ran. I know in my heart that I had to. But... I just wish none of this ever happened. She looks down at her hands. Um, then she just kind of looks back up at him. Um, is there like no recognition, no no reaction to anything that she says? They seem to be looking at something that is thousands of miles away. Their right hand still is like twitching, trying to hold something, trying to do something, but he does not look present. Um, Corey's going to reach out, uh, 
look at him and say, is it okay if I take your hand? His mouth is moving, but no words are coming from it. But he doesn't seem to be halting you in any way. Okay. Um, she'll reach out and see if there's anything that she can provide for him in the terms of healing magic. She's got uh, a couple of things available to her. To her. She can uh, end a spell on a willing creature. Um, she's got lay on hands. She She has all of these things. I'm not expecting any of them to work, there, but she uh, would try. There is no magic that is keeping him like this. This seems like it is very much just a personal block. Okay. Um, she'll do everything she can for him. And after all this time, still not strong enough to help you. I'm going to get stronger. Uh, and she'll lean down, kiss him on the forehead, and she'll leave. As you are exiting the room your hand finds access to the mechanism that would allow you to leave you hear what sounds like rain on a coat if that makes sense it's not steady it's not a mountain but you just hear the small plits of moisture against fabric and when you look back they are you see that Cypress has tears coming out of his eyes and his hand is squeezing a little bit more frequently. Cypress? They don't respond. She'll come back, pull up a chair, sit down. I want to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was an Eldrin girl who went to the natural plane. And she tells him the whole thing. Okay. And... At one point, as you are describing your encounter with Vinru, Cypress begins... He begins making more noise. And puts, like, keeps padding at the same spot next to where he is sitting in the bed.
Can I roll an insight check? Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> there are several things. There are several things that, like, I, I think could be. Uh, I got a fourteen. A fourteen. It seems like he is making motion for you to sit next to him. Okay. She'll do so. And Cyprus will, with as much pain as there is energy, you see him bring up his right hand and then put it onto your shoulder as he just leans forward as his head falls into your other shoulder and he brings you in for a hug. And as he cries, you hear him whisper, it's okay. Just huge tears roll down her face and she gives him the tightest hug. And you can tell he is cold. Regardless of the amount of blankets that are put on this boy, he is frigid. But right here in this moment, you know that he is at least warming up somehow. Until okay. eventually you, like, you are done, like, you have felt that wave of weight wash out of you, and you go, and Cyprus has fallen asleep here. So you just can sort of station him back into his bed the way that he was, and there is. He seems at peace here in a way that he never was before. But very quietly, you are able to exit the room. And when you do, you realize that several hours have passed that you have been here. It, I would say at least four to five hours and Redbeck is still standing at the door. And has their hands kind of like pressing at a small spot on their lower back, just like rubbing the knuckles up against the muscle just from having stood in one place for so long they are getting tired. Um, and uh, they ask you how he is. How do you think? And Redbeck nods. We're going to have to figure out something to do with that ring. You're right. <sighs> My first instinct is to chuck it into a river. I don't think that that's going to be in our cards as far as ring disposal goes. No. How about this? I'll talk to Diantha. All three of us meet up in a couple days. Then we figure out what to do from there. All right. In the meantime, 
Get some rest, if you can. He's not going anywhere. And Redbeck sort of, like, nods over to Cypress's room. Yep, she'll nod to him. Okay. Thank you, Redback. He nods. Says, uh, like, puts a hand over his heart and just in almost a sing-song voice says, It is a Kalen's duty, after all. Just punches him in the shoulder. He just smiles back at you. Uh... So th- while that is happening in the Feywilds, what is happening on the material plane? Let's talk about it. So, uh, <laughs> God, that was so satisfying to watch. Um, so, Calum and Gwen. Uh, Calum, you just shot uh, Corey this message. Gwen has given you a package uh, that she says was from Corey. Uh, so is there anything between the two of you that you would like to get done with this current information? What do you think? About what? We're going to be going it alone without Corey for a while. If she's ever coming back. Well, we're not alone. She motions to all of the Goliaths. Like, point out the window. (laughs) I think I might... be going a bit of a journey by myself for a while. Doing what? Figuring out what I'm doing. I promise I won't do anything stupid like going to the Shadowfell. You know, I don't know if I can trust that you're not going to do that, but I can't stop you. So I got to watch after my people for a while. Yeah. I might talk Arjan into contracting some of his friends for restoring the Temple of Saloon. But, yeah, I think a walkabout will do me good. All right. You, um, do you need anything? Do you want an Orok? Maybe some dinner. Baby? I, I can't. Mm. I'm joking, obviously. <clears throat> no, thanks. I can hardly take care of myself. I'll uh, keep in contact, and he'll tap his pin. You gonna go find Oliviet? Tell her what's going on? One of us should. I could do that, yeah. Actually, I still have a spell circle on her deck, so I could probably do that ASAP. Cool. I, uh, kind of would go talk to Philip, but, uh, do you remember Parnell? Peter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where do you think he is? Can you find him? <sighs> Locate object only has a couple of feet of range on it. 
So if he's out of Silt's Creek, then we're sort of up Shit's Creek. I got six months to give him something. Let me... What do I have in my spell book? Don't have that. Tell you what. Let me see if I can't pull together a locate person spell or something. Okay. I just remember I have six months to do this. Otherwise, I think something bad happens to me. I, I don't actually well, remember. Hold on. Locate creatures only a thousand feet. Um... Maybe a scry then. Maybe Chu could help with that, actually. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. When are you going to leave? I was thinking tonight, but I could pro postpone until tomorrow. Mm. You muted yourself. Do you want to have a party? <laughs> You know, you're not supposed to drink and fly, but fuck it. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll, get every, I'll get everyone together. I mean, like, the chieftain's back, so let's fucking rage. Uh, I mean, respectably. Like, we have children to care for now, so it's not like we can just, like, There's be up till 3 a.m. Designated babysitters. It's fine. Yeah, but still. We don't want to cause too much of a ruckus. As you say that, there is a pounding on the door. And Gwen, sort Open. of like looking it up, you can see that it is um, it is actually the Goliath that you had left as, uh, as chieftain. Uh, oh. Vatu, the ribbon maker. Yeah. And... Uh, she is just like double fist pounding on the door and you hear uh, Gideon's voice just, please stop, please stop, please show respect <laughs> for the door, please stop. And just Batu is just like howling as they do this. Gwen thrusts the door open. And Vatu like reaches down, grabs you by both of your sides, picks you up to eye level and says, it's time. And then she just tucks you under her arm like a football and starts running. Uh, and Bye, as, as she does, uh, you hear uh, in Giant, uh, our chieftain's going to become an auntie. <gasps> it's time! Uh, before we get to that, uh, Kalen's just gonna pat a wall on Gideon. It's been... Only a short amount of time, but I'm grateful for your help and everything. Could you reserve my uh, information for future lodging? Yes. I'll be seeing you, Gideon. In a matter of speaking, I look forward to your future residence. In a manner of speaking. There is just silence from the house as you say this. <laughs> it's the manner of Moon's tear. Um, and so you exit this, Gwen. Uh, so, Gwen, 
can I just a visual for me? I don't know what Arjan's doing, but I just imagine Gwen tucked under arm, being carried, running away, and Arjan's just walking back up to the house, and Gwen's just like, I'm gonna be an ant! <laughs> what the hell was that? Like, just watches <laughs> it goes by, then looks up towards Calum. Uh, and I think, Calum, this would be a good time to talk to Arjan about just like, hey, I need funding for this thing. Yeah. Um, so until Cyber gets back, that's what we will say the two of you are doing. Hey, uh, Gwen, this is also a question for LB. Uh, so many Goliath babbies, uh, Terizo and Barda, have had their BB. Uh, what does Gwen want as uh, her first little relative? What's their name? Oh, I don't know. You can, um, you hold can on. have it also be twins if you cannot decide. The only name I would suggest against would be Leo, but that's because canonically Leo's right, right. an orphan. So unless you like your brother and your um, sister-in-law, you might not want to do that one. I hold on. <laughs> Well, if it's um, if it's Chorizo's the dad, then it's gonna have to be Huevos and Rancheros. Get out of here. Um, let me see. Uh, because they were all actually, uh, I want to say I did actually name them giant names. Um. Uh. Okay. I wish I, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I could name him Garbage. Uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, that's it sounds better in the giant tongue, I promise. <laughs> it, it still uh, means garbage, though. Yeah, it does. All right, this is, this is, this is their name right here. Okay. Their name is Harbanad. Means armor. Armor? All right. And is, what is little Harbanad? What is this young Goliath pup? Uh, I'm going to say uh, a girl, obviously. Has to be a girl. Okay. All right, so. <laughs> yep, Gwen little is now, Har. Gwen Harvey. is now proud auntie of her first niece, Harbanad. Why are you saying it like that? Because I have now written it down. Your story <laughs> will live on. All right. So, Harbanand, Harbanad has been. <laughs> Just you saying it with the weird cadence. Harbanad. <laughs> but yes. Little Harb. Uh, little Harb. Uh, Terizo is like. The most freaking proud out. dad oh. you have ever seen. He is freaking out, but you you think that he's been up for days. Oh man! Like for all of this to to happen, like that, like it started a little bit ago. But he has just yeah. been like, he's a nervous ball of wrecks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And he just you're like, gonna be a dad. I'm gonna be an aunt. 
holds his and it's like I imagine that Goliath babies are like panda rules where like a panda bear is like just oh so teeny and then grows into a full ass bear. Yeah. I imagine probably like Gwen could probably hold it like this. Yeah. Gwen, you are holding what is surely the most beautiful of babies that have been had in this four keeps game. I'm already thinking about her first tattoos. She's so precious. She has your dawn eyes. Goliaths don't have. Yep. Barda <laughs> is like, after you are done chewing, uh, like cooing over this small child, like Barda takes her baby back and then just like tucks them in, keeps hold of them very tight and securely. Uh, and Terizo, uh, like after he has had a whirlwind of congratulations to him for doing the bare minimum, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> he he uh, just like sits next to uh, sits next to Barda, and you see the two of them just sort of like you've see- watched your brother protect this Goliath tribe from when it was small to how big it is now, and this is something that you see him caring for. With an even greater weight, like his entire world is in this small, mm-hmm. defenseless little form right here. Mm-hmm. Um, she just congratulates them both and uh, attempting not to show uh, any favor while anyone else is in the room. She's going to jump up as soon as anyone, everyone leaves. She's going to jump up onto the chair next to Barda and like lean in and whisper in little Harb's ear and go... You're gonna be the next chieftain. I can know. I can see it now. Okay. Just You're gonna small, be great. Sleepy baby. <laughs> you're gonna kill so many when you're older. You're gonna, gonna be kill badass. so many people. You're gonna be the most feared leader. You're gonna bathe in the blood of your enemies. <laughs> Bless the tempest. <laughs> Blessed be the Tempest. Thank you for this healthy little baby. All right. I got to go talk to Chua. All right. So, Gwen, you all you are uh, divulging from here to go and speak with Chua. Calum, uh, you had managed to catch Arjan uh, to be able to talk to him about funding, uh, as well as are you bringing up to him that you were planning on leaving fairly uh, with a quickness? Yeah. He would have said, um, I think I'm going to take a bit of a walkabout. I'll keep in contact with you guys when I can. A walkabout. Clear my head a bit. All right. Do you, do you need anything from us? Uh, I was going to ask you if I could hire some of your friends to rebuild the Temple of Saloon. Just a moment. Uh, and however uh, he can, he's going to uh, like start the like summon whoever he needs to uh to start that right now yeah uh i would say using your using your tyrant security connections 
would be super easy. You can either, uh, you know that they were currently working on a job at the Dragon Forge. So if you want to that's hire. Not, that's not done. They were previously. Last you checked in, it seemed like things will be much more well progressed at that point. But if you want to hire the same contractors, you know how to do that. Uh, especially if you aren't, if Calum's not ready for them yet. Like with specifics, with building schematics, that sort of thing. Um, I would say that you'd be able to write out a document in such a way where Caleb would just need to tap his Tyrant Security coin like onto said sheet of paper to summon the workers. Yeah, I, I just want to summon whatever Abishai is going to uh, take care of that in the room with us so that Caleb okay. can uh, specify like where it is, what they need to do. If the place is hollowed and if there are any uh, negative repercussions to any devils that will be on the premises. Um, yeah, I'll say that the contractor that is in charge of this um, says that uh, they'll at least go and investigate it. They don't know offhand if that land is hollowed ground or not, but judging that it's been ruined for some time they're going to guess that it is not hollowed uh but still couldn't hurt to at least see the area that they're looking for uh and then calum do you have any uh specific requests of them either areas to remove entirely or areas to add on that fucking tower remove it okay yep they no questions asked will get rid of your quasimodo tower for sure. But otherwise, just rebuild it as it was. Okay. Yeah, they are more they are pretty familiar with temple construction. Uh if you give them a little bit of a rundown, like they're not really familiar with Saloon. But if you tell them, like, oh, she's a goddess of the moon, all of these other things, like, give them kind of general a rundown of what she's about, they will do our best uh, to at least, like, make the building seem good for that kind of thing. Like, lots of moonlights, lots of big, uh, big like, stained glass windows, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I'll give them, like, the heraldry and the specifications Okay. Otherwise, yeah. Uh, and it's the cost of this going to be like the same cost as like an MCDM stronghold or? Yeah, I'd say I'd say yeah on that one. Okay. Eight thousand gold pieces. Pocket change. Right. Uh, anything extra that needs to be added in there um none that i can think of right now all right i will uh front the cost of eight thousand gold pieces what's 31 minus 8 31 minus 8 is 23 23 okay cool One says that there's going to be a party if you're willing to come down. 
See, I'm still not exactly sure where I stand with Gwen's tribe, but... I'll bring some food up to you. All right. Okay. So, as the evening progresses, Gwen, you let everyone know that you are throwing a party. Uh, To which, again... Raucous, uh, raucous cheers and joy uh, is had by the tribesmen. Uh, later in the evening, there is like, it is a, um, it's like a communal party. It's a two for one thing. Not only is mm-hmm. it so many Goliath birthdays uh, that have fallen onto today, uh, but the chieftain's brother just had a child. Obviously, there is going to be celebration uh, for Harbinad. And there is also um, joyous celebration. Not in the like, yeah, fuck you. I can't wait for you to be gone. But like people are still uh, excited that the chieftain is throwing a party for Calum. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot, Calum, of this party has to do with uh, what the Goliaths know of you. The fact that, like, oh, I remember the time he and the chieftain came in, and then they, like, they fought off those guys who had all the shadow powers. Yeah, that was so cool. Yay. And, like, everyone's sort of, like, remembering the little bits of information that they got from you uh, on that one, but nobody can really remember a lot of the other things that you've done or are credited for. That's fine. Um... Gwen, I guess if if Arjan doesn't come down, Gwen will like probably go up and get him um it it's not i mean like because he is gwen's friend it's not weird right in the tribe or is it your tribe has a lot of people in it there Uh, are some who have old prejudices that have hmm. not healed most are fine but there are others who are just like but they just like don't they're not going to, like, actively come up and shit-talk your friend in front of you. If anything, mm-hmm. like, they'll just be off to the side being shitty with themselves. We'll work on those prejudices. Uh, I think as the evening goes on, uh, Gwen will spend time telling the tale of the Feywild. And um, unless she were uh suggests against it Gwen will tell everybody that she has the her like the Goliath ancestors within her like their spirits are you know like you know cheering her on sort of there is that is quite shocking news to many a Goliath like Mm -hmm. I like to also feel like maybe this isn't the first time Chua has heard it like or this is yeah. the first time that she was saying this. So, like, you're just like, hey, everybody, guess fucking what? <laughs> Woo! And her just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you say? Because uh, I can't summon all of them, but I can summon them one at a time. Yes. Uh, and I think, like, as you're doing this, there is... There is definitely like a base level of just like uh I think our I think our chieftain's drunk like why did we even bother getting a halfling oh my god and like <laughs> as you like start summoning <laughs> forth like fucking like ah doors open to the spirit world like if any like that is when Chua comes up and basically says like if there are any who would deny 
our chieftain's strength or the power behind her uh the power behind our chieftain let it be known that the chieftains of the past have made their decision and like seeing seeing all of these other chieftains just like oh yeah we fucks with this like there is <laughs> no qualms from the group of people that are here like hell yeah the one true chieftain clearly long may she reign <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, we get drunk. Okay. <laughs> um, I think probably deep into the evening, uh, Gwen is going to saddle up to Calum. Calum. Calum, Calum. My dear little elf friend. You know, I started this journey with you thinking that you were a drow. Now I know you're not, even though I still can't remember what the hell you are. But you're really powerful and you're really cool. And I worry about you a lot because you're like my my like my little 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 baby. And I just want to take care of you. And I can't I can't go with you everywhere. I know that. And it's hard for me to know that. Because I know you're going to go off on your own. I promise I wouldn't cry. I know that you're going to go off on your own. And you're going to go do a lot of really cool stuff. Okay? But I really want you to be careful for me. Because I can't, I can't protect you when you're out there. You know? Like, you're just going to be all by yourself. And... I'm just worried, okay? Alem will lift just part of the mask up to show her he's smiling. <clears throat> and then kind of scoop her up and head out of the tent or the party area. Mm -hmm. You see that thing all the way over there? A tree? Yeah. Fuck that thing in particular. And he casts Whirlwind. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> it is a 20 foot in diameter uh, sphere, but a Whirlwind howls down to a point that you can see on the ground, and <clears throat> a creature must make a dex save, saving throw, but basically anything caught inside the Whirlwind is lifted 10 feet every single round. Yeah. Gwen, you just see, like, this tree get ripped up out of the earth and is just hovering. Most people can see this. And then when it gets to the top of the whirlwind, Kalem will clench his hand and dismiss the whirlwind, and the tree will just come crashing down. Why did you do that to the tree? Show you I can take care of myself. I know you could take care of yourself, Kalem. You're not a child. I didn't say that, but I meant to say that. You're not a child. But I still worry about you because it's not that you're not powerful enough to do stuff. It's that you're still hurt. And and we haven't fixed you yet. And, and I just, I want to help fix you. But I can't because I have to do chieftain stuff. 
I will try and fix you. Uh, Cam will pat the top of her head. It's not about fixing me so much as fixing a lot of things wrong with the world right now. You know, the dwarves in the north have this thing where they put metal in stuff they break. Uh-huh. And it makes it look even more beautiful, I guess. Yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. Saying, I'm not going to let the breaks in me put me down anymore. And I'm certainly not going to do anything super stupid without you guys around to pull my ass out of the fire. Okay. That makes me feel better. You're drunk. Yeah. Still not gonna fuck you, though. I never asked you to. Hug! Hug. Should get, like, a mask lift and a smooch on the top of the head. Alright, check in. You need to write me like once a week. I don't need to write you. Sending. Right. I want to hear your voice in my head once a week. It's kind of crowded up there sometimes. I will try and schedule it for whenever Philip's here. Uh, I might be busy. <laughs> yeah. You'll just hear, Gwen. Gwen, help. Just right in the middle of the night. You don't and... do that. To me. Don't do that to me, because you know I'll just come running. Yeah, it's total boner killer too. I mean, I don't get boners, so. So, are you gonna come running, or are you just walking <laughs> back to the tent? As you guys are making your way back to the tent, one of the things that you guys begin hearing uh, is that. It was a sign. The Tempest lifted a tree up from the hillside like it's a bunch of drunk Goliaths not understanding the power of a whirlwind spell that are like, no, you don't understand. Like, the next chieftain must have been born this day. I'm going to milk that. <laughs> Doing your Lord's work. All right. Yeah, Gwen's going to pass out in her tent at the end of the night. Okay. And but, then, Calum, uh, you are going to be heading out middle of the night during the party or wait till the following morning? He'll wait till the following morning to say his goodbyes. Okay. Sounds He's good. He's not Albertine. And then, Arjan, was there anything you wanted to do during this party night? No. Okay. Sounds good. So then the next day rolls around. Calum. The uh, Gideon says that it will remember your user settings for the next time you come through. You have all of your stuff bundled and bindled. Oh. One just comes like, like eyes closed, hand on the wall, following it down the stairs. Just <laughs> looks super hungover. Uh, Caleb, do you have the thing that Corey has that helps me with the hangovers? Nope. Guess oh, shit. I gave you a mug that you can drink from and you won't get hangovers from. 
But it was the Goliath mead. <laughs> I think you can pour the Goliath mead in there, and that works that way too. What? You didn't explain it like that? Arjun! Yes. Can you fix a hangover? If I tell you yes, are you going to abuse this ability? Now that I know the mug works like it does, no. All right. Uh, Arjan uh, clenches his fist, uh, and, he, and each of his talons are going to light with a different uh, color flame. He's going to uh, jab his fingers into your forehead. Ah! You can cast less restoration. <laughs> ah! <laughs> okay. Worth it? Maybe. I don't know. That was fucking terrifying, but also pretty metal. Thank you. Corey usually just smacks me on the ass. Our gods work in very different ways, Gwen. <laughs> Apparently. You had now, Caleb? Yep. It's been... Sure you don't want an Arak? No, I'm probably going to pop in on Olivia at first. Can't really do much with an Arak out at sea. True. Tell her we say hi. Yeah, I will. Yeah. It's been... something... Just let us know when you need us, okay? And Kalen will stand there awkwardly for a moment and, like, just open his arms, like, is this how this works? Hugs crotch. Hmm. Thank you both. And knucks up to Arjan. And I'll be seeing y'all. You'll put a finger to his lips and sending Olivier just with one word incoming. There is just a response of just incoming. What does that mean? Teleportation circle targeting the circle on Olivier's ship. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So Calum bamps away from the two that are still at the Goliath camp. So. Do you think he's going to fuck up magic again? Probably. Well. I'm going to say it's not a problem. Not yet, it isn't. True. Okay. You should come to the camp. We should talk about what exactly that whatever it was actually did to you, your cap. I'm, 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 
I'm talking about the uh, uh, a person with the white dragon bits. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we should talk to Chua and then the council, but let's talk first. Okay. So, um, as the two of you are getting ready to have your talk about Ednair the traitor, Calum, you have bamfed off to speak with Olivier, Corey. Uh, you've had several days now to figure out uh, what this Cypress situation is, uh, how best you are going to be handling it, how best you are going to be presenting it. Um, you can have done any number of things do uh, during those days, including going to visit Cyprus more, talking with the lay people, that sort of thing, like just getting a general handle on things. Is there anything that you wanted to do between... Uh, having last visited Cyprus and then meeting up with the other Kaylins. Um, she'll re-enter her autumn form. Okay. If and she can. Should I roll for it? Um, you find that you don't need to roll for it here. In the Feywild? In the Feywild, it seems like after everything that Cory has been through, being able to change her seasonal form is just an incredibly easy thing. Like, there's no barriers. There's no limitations on this. Well, you know, she's also not living a lie anymore. Exactly. So, yes, you are <laughs> able to do so. That and, like, you, can you could have just sat and taken as many short rests as you needed to until... <laughs> I figured... But she can only try once uh, every 24 hours. So. Yeah. All right. Um, so she'd do that. Um, she would ask any medical professionals, like, what's going on with Cyprus? Like, is, is he... I mean, like, obviously he's missing some parts. <laughs> um, but will he ever recover physically? From what the medical staff is able to tell you is that if he does make a recovery physically, he will most likely walk with a limp mm -hmm. and he will never be able to hold a sword in his hand. Hmm. Okay. He will make a recovery but it will never be the full amount. All right. It's good to know. Um, I, I think that's about as much information as she would have time to gather by this point. Okay. There's like a 500 billion other questions to answer, but <laughs> one thing at a time. Yes. All right, so uh, my guess is that you'd be having this meeting on either the Spring Isle, where you currently are stationed, or over on the Summer Isle, uh, just because your mom has a business there. You could just be like, I need a meeting room. Mother, can I use this one? Um, 
We've booked it for the whole day. <laughs> the whole day. Uh, so yeah, you were able to at least find a, a place where you and the other Kalens will be able to meet to discuss uh, what to do about Venru. And uh, when you arrive, uh, Diantha is already sitting there. She has her boots up on the table. Uh, she's sort of leaning back and uh, was in the middle of speaking with Redbeck. It seems like you were the last one to arrive here. Uh, and they actually seem to be in a, a little bit of a heated conversation. It looks like they have actually started discussing what to do about this, um, what to do about this situation even before you arrived. It seems like this is something that's been on their mind for a while. Um, and... They welcome you in, uh, and Diantha uh, says that, um, well, I think that we should just destroy Vinru once and for all. The wheel will be repaired on its own. It doesn't need to be Vinru as the primordial archfey of winter. It can be, we could have it be something else. We're strong enough that we should be able to find something to take its place. And Rudbeck, um, Rudbeck, on the other hand, uh, thinks that that is too fleeting of a judgment uh, for Diantha to make. Um, because we don't even know who or what the next archfey would be it could be something small or it could be something as just as equally as horrible as vinru was we have no idea and i think that is why we should just bind vinru back to the ring should give it to someone for safekeeping maybe not the judges three but still have it be based out of winter and then uh takes a deep sigh and says speaking of the isle is completely coated in ice and snow right now um, I know that winter isn't exactly on either of us or any of our domains but if it's up to a vote I nominate Scorchbane to take up residence and Diantha like looks at him a bit shocked and Redbeck says if he takes up residence on the Isle of Winter his natural body heat will begin to expedite the process of everything melting of it going back to the way that it was then Scorchbane can just find a mountain to live inside of and we place the Ring of Winter there he's too prideful to ever use such a thing himself You'd make an excellent guardian for it. And Diantha seems very dismissive to that as well. Uh, and she responds, if I wanted somebody to watch over it who I didn't necessarily trust all the way, I would just give it to the judges. There's no reason to hand it to this dragon and let them be the end all judge. What about you, Corey? But it's your take on the matter. You have any fresh thoughts? Putting the wheel back in balance isn't just a matter of rebinding the ring. 
There needs to be another Kalen. And they look at each other and then look at you and say, the only one who is next in line doesn't exactly seem like they are going to be taking up that taking up the helm anytime soon as is his right the Kalen hood has failed him and there is just solemn nods as you say this I think that the scorch bane idea is a good band-aid on the wound as it were but our next priority after that should be finding another winter Caitlin. Training them, making sure that they are ready to take on that responsibility. And when they do, it's supervised and not in the middle of some God's forsaken ice cave during the worst moment of their life. Second worst. Probably worst. And there are, there are nods from the two of them as well. For that matter, how are we going to make sure that Vinru doesn't turn again? He did it once. And Diantha also says, um, it's why I think that we should just get rid of him. Some new creature... Whenever things like this happen, some new other thing will usually take up the register, mantle, what have you. And then they'll just do that thing as long as they have that title. So I think... Well, then we shouldn't destroy Vinru until we know who will. Who will destroy Vinru? Because I would love to take a crack at it. No, who who or what will take Vinru's place. We destroy him, there's no going back. What if it is something worse? And Rudbeck uh, just sort of like slaps the table with the back of his hand and just, thank you for making some sense here. And Diantha just sort of like brushes her hand uh, in front of her face and says... No, trust me, he's evil and needs to go down. But we need to... <sighs> Non-destructive editing. Always make sure you have a way to go back. I mean, he's inside of a large jar. For now. There's no way for him to get out. When we let him out, he will be friendly to us for the time being. I'm saying leg two of the quest. The jar goes with Scorchbane. We hold on to the ring until we know who's going to be the new spirit of winter. Destroy Vinru, bind them to the ring. New winter, Caitlin. Diantha, you see, um, bites her tongue slightly. 
more in a like contemplative thinking brain manner than oh shit I was going to say something and then bit my tongue um, and she says they're friendly to us for an hour yes Diantha, are you planning a Hail Mary? Yes and no. I hope you know, we crack the top off of that jar and it's, you can't put it back in. They have to be friendly towards us, right? For an hour. (laughs) And Diantha just gets this very, like shisty kind of grin on her face that the narrator would say diantha had a horrible idea (laughs) diantha had a wonderfully horrible idea uh and you see her uh just sort of scoot her chair back stand up uh diantha don't hold out on me i need to know what cards we're playing with oh you'll know them soon enough diantha (laughs) Sorry, that was wings. (laughs) She, like, just gives you a little bit of a wave over her shoulder, and she exits the room. And Rudbeck just looks at you, like, pinching the bridge. not being the least responsible person in the room. And Rudbeck looks at you with tired eyes and says... Did she just elf off on me? You're going to have to get used to it around Cor- here. Corey gets up and the chair just like falls over. Yeah. When you go and like open up the door to see where Diantha is, she is not there. She is gone. All right. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel? How does it feel, Wings? <laughs> ah! Okay. So, you do not hear from Diantha for a while. By the time that she ends up getting back to you, it's been maybe about a month. Cool. I make sure I have the urn and the ring. (laughs) Um, But Diantha, as she arrives back you can see that there is a little bit of snow that is resting on her shoulders and she straightens out her glasses and sort of dusts it off and says I think I found something that can make both ends work and you hear a very small mewing sound from a bag that she has over her shoulder. Diantha, did you kidnap a kitten? Kidnapping is a very weighted term. And with that, she just walks past you. Technically, it would be kidnapping. So do you have the jar? We probably want Rudbeck here. For this, Vinru has to be agreeable with us for the next hour, right? 
Why haven't we ever thought about just asking him, as our friend, to relinquish all of his powers and abilities? I happen to have a creature here that is capable of harnessing energy, harnessing power. We have Vinru. Big nasty. Don't like them. Put all of their power and strength into... Honestly, I haven't named them. I've just been kind of calling them Kitty. Die. quick question. Yes? How do we know that Kitty isn't going to bring about eternal winter? Because I've been making sure to feed it. It loves kibbies. It's in a bag! <laughs> I didn't know how best to carry it. What, am I supposed to just get a big cage and lug I'm gonna it around let, that I'm, way? I'm gonna let it out of the bag. I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag, baby! And you see what looks like a... It's a crag cat kitten. Oh my god. Like, it is just, like, big white poof ball. Big help me eyes. Just very small creature that just looks uh, up at you and just... Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, all of Cory's maternal instincts kick in. Um, and she instantly becomes a cat person. Um... So like the three brain cells she has left. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Um, she's going to pick up this cat. Um, and uh, I can divine sense. Okay. Uh, there is no fiend, undead, or uh, celestial that comes from this. I'm going to use all of my paladin abilities to make sure that this thing is an evil <laughs> yeah uh, i think i literally have a spell called detect evil it's not prepared because why would i prepare something like that that sounds useless except for this very specific moment yeah uh make a religion check okay i'm in the Feywild, baby come on You do not get any villainous intent out of this out of this small creature. I just get an adorable, sweet little kitty cat. Yes. Okay. Um, give me twenty four hours with this creature. I have to make sure that it is an appropriate vessel, and we will probably need that much time for Rudbeck to get here. I tried really hard to say Barbados. I don't know why. That is his name. Barbados. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um. Yes. We need time for Rudbeck to get here. There's one thing that I learned in becoming a full Kalen is that you aren't too hasty. Don't act on, don't do unreversible things on a whim plan and research and oh my gosh this thing is so cute just do things wisely and she 
you see Diantha just sort of like smile and, and give a, a knowing nod. And then she will walk beside you and just like clap your shoulder twice uh, and just say, try not to get too attached to it. There's a reason I never gave it a name. This thing's going to have a name by morning. Yeah. And come morning, Corey. Uh, what is the name that you have for this beast? Oh, this I said by morning. Creature. You keep on doing this, telling us to name things on the on the spot, in the moment. Yeah. Um, is this a is this a little guy or is this a little girl? Make an animal handling check. <laughs> uh... Right. No, that would be at the top of the list, wouldn't it? I don't think I've ever had to do this. I can... Wait, no, I can't, actually. I was like, I can speak with animals! I can ask! Uh, no. I got a two? It's, no idea? It looks like a kitten. Alright, um... Snowflake. Okay. You've given it the name of Snowflake. Snowy. It's fine. Um... <clears throat> I I prepare uh, detect evil and good, and I cast detect evil and good on this cat. This creature seems chaotic good. Oh hell yeah! Oh, this vibes with Corey so good. Yeah, okay. it looks like it is interested in taking care of Numero One and whoever feeds Numero One. Oh hell yes! Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Does this? Does Kitty get along well with our Blink Dog? Your Blink Dog, like, goes up and sniffs it. It's very curious as to this beast, but it doesn't seem to have that, uh, like, that built-in, mm, don't like displacer beasts about it. Got it. Cool. Awesome. Great. Um, Corey has a great time with Snowy. Um, she feeds it, um... Shoot, I think she even visits Cyprus and, like, just dumps a kitten on him. So, Snowy, a.k.a. Snowflake, uh, when you dump it onto Cyprus's lap, hops onto his lap and then just curls up, like, right at his base and just begins, like, kind of falling asleep, purring. And you mm. see Cyprus just looks down at it. And with the arm that will never hold a sword again, he just sort of brings it over and then just begins to gently start petting this cat. And as he does, that is where we are going to go into our break for the evening. So we're going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. Don't go no place unless it's to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly go to indooradventure.redbubble.com. Pick yourself up something nice, and we'll see you guys shortly. All right, everybody. See you soon. And we're back. Meow. Uh, meow. 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 This is just meow, like meow, waking meow, up in the morning. Meow. 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 Dad. Dad. Kevin. Dad. That doesn't happen till eight thirty. You all know this. I'm gonna step on your crotch twice, Kibbies. <laughs> Please. No. <laughs> Gross. 
Sorry, I didn't realize Let's the connotations until I said it twice. Said it. Let's move on. Hello, everybody, and welcome. So, uh, we just got done with determining what to do with uh, with Snowy, uh, the small kitten there in the Feywild uh, that is currently hopped up onto Cypress's lap and is receiving small scritches from the boy who experienced his own shattering. Back on the material plane, Gwen and Arjan, uh, there's a thing that the two of you wanted to talk about being uh, Ednair, correct? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Did you want to talk, uh, like just ask Gwen about it because she was alive during that whole experience or do you want to talk to like chua other like older members of it see like what they were like what ended up happening why there's why there is this thing like gwen and arjan have like gwen has mentioned it to arjan a couple of times before i think it's more arjan wants to get like the lore dump from the higher ups or oh i mean gwen is the higher up but like the the older the old guard yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say that speaking with Chua, speaking with other uh, members, um, make a persuasion check. I would like to use my forceful presence. Okay. Nat 20. Okay. For 24. They will tell you all the information that they have on Ednair. Uh, so Ednair, um, he is, was uh, a up-and-coming Goliath who is not related to the previous chieftain, uh, but one of those uh, very strong-headed and strong-willed individuals that believed uh, most definitely uh, that might was right, that they uh, that as long as you were the strongest, most powerful thing, that your will is the one that should be then cast upon the group. Um, however, he was quickly put down uh, by the previous chieftain and then kicked out. Uh, basically for trying to start a mini rebellion. Uh, they actually were cast out, I want to say, fairly, either like right before or fairly early on to Gwen actually joining the tribe. Um, so Gwen, you didn't really hear a whole lot about this, uh, or at least like the events leading up to it, just because you were young at the time. It just wasn't really a thing anybody was talking about or, like, wanted to tell the new small uh, small halfling or anything that was going on. Um, however, Ednair ended up making powerful friends uh, while he was away. And at a certain point, Ednair returned, uh, this time looking to reclaim the tribe for themselves, uh, bringing with them a group of what you now would know as dragon cultists. Uh, there was a half-orc that had this spike kind of jutting out of their forehead that you would recognize, uh, at least from the conversations that were had, uh, a half-orc named Torjak. Uh, and it seemed like the two of them, uh, like Torjak was convincing Ednair 
uh, that they easily would be strong enough to defeat the uh, chief, to defeat the Goliath chieftain, get what they wanted, that sort of thing. Uh, however, because Ednair was previously disgraced and was coming back with these very clear modifications to his body, that was something that the Goliath peoples, as they stood, just wanted no part of. This was against, as they saw, uh, any kind of like natural change that you could go through by just through like physical repetition, that sort of thing. It seemed like Ednair's Ednair's decision to take draconic parts into their own body was against what the tribe stood for, um, at least at the time. And it seems like a lot of the revolt that ended up coming back was after Ednair had been kicked out by these groups. Uh, it was essentially like kicking a hornet's nest, where he then acted as a very broady leader uh, for the draconic cultists that they as the goliaths did not actually know where they were coming from they knew that it was at least from the lower mountain range by the pit uh but they didn't know exactly where they just always kind of assumed that they were coming from the pit directly if anything where else could you possibly hide this sort of strength um and that is the story that you kind of get of ednair which is after a certain point uh, the Goliaths were able to so thoroughly push back that there was a falling out among the leaders of the dragon cults, and then they ended up just moving, like, fully retreating. And it had been years since any of them had heard of anything dragon cult-related um, until you showed up. Gwen, is there something that you want to follow further? I mean, it's something that's been dealt with, right? Like, do you think that, I mean, we're going to have to address the dragon cult at some point, but is that something you want to go after? I could do without. That said, I based off of what I know now, on the material plane, Tiamat has a herald of acid, fire, lightning, and poison. but I have no idea about the Herald of Ice. Didn't we, isn't this something that we talked about before one of the cult members being the white, a white dragon? Yeah, that would be Ednair, the traitor. 
that you oh, right, just gotten okay. done talking about. And he did? Last seen alive. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that we're going to go to war for you, but I mean, he is part of our, I mean, he did, he is known as the traitor. So if word of him comes through, if he's doing some fuckery, then we need to handle it. And I wouldn't be comfortable associating with that person. Right. Did you ask Tiamat about this? All Tiamat said was that it would be a good idea to introduce myself to the cultists or, or to the heralds that live. I know your god said that, but is that something you want to do? I don't know. Part of me does, if for no, no other reason than to clear the air between your tribe and the dragons. Well. And to see, and to see this person for myself. And if need be, dispose of this person by myself, for myself. Well, we have resources. Maybe I could get the druids to send out spies, birds, you know. I don't think, I as, mu as stealthy as our men are, I think that a goliath rolling up on the plains on an auroch is, uh, ha sending a goliath scout is usually a little um, obvious. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. They do a good job. They do a great job. Look, if if this is too much to ask, that's fine. It, it, it is completely understandable that we both leave this person to their own devices. If they're not a threat to either of us. I think we need to figure that out. Honestly, because they've been a thorn in both of our sides for a long time. I mean, like the Goliaths and you. And it's not an inconvenience. And it's not, I mean, Arjun, we just like saved the whole of the Feywild for Corey. I mean, also for the Feywild, you know, like for the people and stuff. But I think it's okay if you ask, you know, even if it was just you asking me to do this, I think I'd be okay with that. I think we've earned this. And Arshan will just uh, like do a deep nod. All right, but you need to, we're going to have to work on your uh, image around town. People need to see what a badass you are to accept you in. 
and what do you propose? Sure. Shua says, um, I am not really sure what we can do to improve your image. Uh, All things considered, um, do you have, the Goliaths are very simple. Do you have any, like, are you strong? Can you lift heavy things in front of them? Oh, oh, he's a great shot. And... He's an alchemist. He does science, which is way easier to understand than magic. See, I, I, it's a type of magic, but. There are many new mothers. You can use this alchemy to make something for them. I hear mothers do a very good job of letting their children know who they should be thanking for existing. Yep. There is that option. There is taking care of our sick and injured. If you wish to continue being a marksman, you're more than welcome to. Go in the hunting parties. You could teach them how to stealth. Again, they do a great job. I'm just saying. Goliath uh, scouting parties. As quiet as a shout. That'd be cool. Arjan, if you did, you train like an elite fighting force, like, like, like stealth spy Goliaths, like the black barracudas. I'll give it a try. If you want, only if you want, but I think that'd be really cool. Sure. Yes. Gwen's already thinking of their outfits. Okay, so as Gwen is thinking of outfits, Arjan, you have agreed to teach at least a small band of Goliaths the best way of how to stealth and be uh, unseen. Calum, you had recently bamfed over to Olivier's ship, uh, and when you arrive, you arrive dead center uh, on top of her ship, which is currently in the middle of the ocean. Uh, she is not hanging out in a bay. And you see that most of her crew has actually, like, kind of, like, scattered seeing this magical apparition start in the middle of the, start in the middle of their ship. Uh, and, Calum, as you are looking around to see if Oliviette is there, there is a shadow that grows over you, and jumping down from the crow's nest is a humanoid figure. You find yourself on your back with twin knives set up in kind of like an X pattern against your throat. And as one of them gets a little close, a little too close, you could feel like if you knew this wouldn't kill you, you would probably be a little bit more afraid. Blessing of the Raven Queen behind them with the spear point right next to their neck. 
Okay. So as you do this, uh, the door of the captain's quarters is thrown open. Olivette is there. Uh, she seems to just have uh, a very base prosthetic uh, for her leg uh, to help her stand at this point, but she does seem able to stand at least partially by herself. Um, and Calum, uh, the figure that had their knives, brings the knives up, opens their palms up, and you hear the knives clatter down onto the ground. And with your perception, you also see that on their right hand, they are wearing a ring that looks like a small spider is currently giving that little finger a hug. You recognize this ring. You've seen it before on one of the cell sails of a Rathsk. You realize this is Tifa. Huh. Hi, Tifa. You're a little bit better than the last time we left off, aren't you? Yeah, just a little. Can you let my first mate up, please? Thank you. Leviet. Nice to see you, Caleb. How can I assist you on this wonderful day we seem to be having? I'm on walkabout from the team. Are you looking Popping to in. find a position on my ship? Well, I was coming in to check up on you, but if you do have a position that needs to be filled, sure. I am doing fine. And you can tell her that too. Camel nod his head and extend a hand out to Olivia. Oliviette will look at your hand and very curtly shakes it. So, what's the, uh, what's the job then? Job? We are just shipping. We are just running from Arathsk, going up to northernmost ports finds people who are looking to go back to Arathsk, we sail back down. Keep it simple. Alright. Had a bit too much of excitement for a little bit, apparently. Me too. Well, if you would like to spend some time as navigator, you are always more than welcome. He'll stow his gear. We should negotiate pay at some point. She looks at you and sort of chuckles a little bit. Says, you get paid when the job is done. Lifts the mask and smiles a little bit before putting it back. And as you uh, have your mask go back down, uh, Tifa actually will like hook her arm under uh, Olivier's, um, 
and she looks like she's doing most of the uh, escorting, helping to maneuver with Olivette as well. I could see about getting you a new leg, if you don't mind. The one I have is fine. Just need to get some exercise. All right. And Caitlin, is there anything else that you want to do now that you have found yourself on Olivier's boat? He's not going to press the issue about a lot of things, but, you know, just catch up with the crew, catch up with Tifa. When they hit that northmost point, he's going to just say his goodbyes. Okay. Um, make an insight check. Boom. A 13. Okay. Uh, with a 13, you know, uh, based off of talking with the crew, as well as talking with Tifa, uh, Olivier was not in a good place a month ago, and she's still really not in a good place. And they're all a little upset that Tifa is here. Because Tifa's a predator, to say the least. She knows that Olivier is feeling down and needs somebody there to be slightly supportive and to take care of her, even if she is too strong to say so herself. Over the course of the couple of days, Caleb will try and, like, just take walkabouts with Olivia, even if there's just nothing going on between them. Yeah, and I think that Olivia just says very, again, very brusquely. Um, so I take it you were really successful in the Feywild, otherwise I probably would not be seeing you here. Oh no, I died. But I got better. The rest of them succeeded. That's good. To hear, at least. Now you only have a one calamity to worry about, right? <laughs> For now. Until we uncover some bigger, more nefarious plot seems to be the way things go around here maybe for the things that happens for you all for me I just had to clear out a Sahugan temple that was it as soon as that was done we go back to doing what I was doing before do you want to trade at any point in time that sounds a lot easier no I don't want to die and know that I can come back that's weird yeah going through the whole process is weird too Look, I am very glad that you have decided to come back onto this onto this vessel. Things are going to be different now. How so? I am just going to try and be a normal merchant. 
Will I keep my skills with my rapier set? Yes. Do I still try and talk to Elisrae as much as I can about certain things? Yes. But I... It is difficult showing affection towards somebody who cannot let who cannot let you know where it is they hurt. Even speaking with my goddess, they have not heard from Cory either. It's like she disappeared. They went to fix you, to figure out what it is with you. It's like she was a different person. But not in the same way as whatever it is you have going on, but more she was different. She used to be one of the most open people I knew. It was what I liked about her. When she went to go fix or get me, I think that's when it all changed. Ugh. I can't really talk about it. It's her problem to talk about, not mine. Eventually, I do hope that you two do make amends. It's not that I am unable or unwilling to listen. I am just being tired. I am just tired of being the one to press this issue. Hmm. Kale will put a hand on her shoulder and squeeze. I'll see what I can do. Have you two hash it out and maybe alleviate some of this pressure. And she just seems to like almost disregard it. Just with a whatever you say. Hmm. You still pray to Elastray? Uh, and she motions for the deck of her boat which still has those symbols just, like, emblazoned into them. Why wouldn't I? She's not the reason I'm feeling this way. It looks like there's a storm coming from North Front. Go help. Caleb lifts up his mask again and smiles. He's going to... Oh boy, do I have that? No, sadly not. 
All right. He'll go help the rigging, bend down the hatches and stuff. I thought I had control weather, but I do not. Gotcha. All right. So, back in the Feywild, Corey, it looks like Snowy is asleep. Cypress has fallen asleep taking care of this creature. And as you pick up the still small sleeping Snowy, there is a light knock on the door. Uh, and as it opens, you see Redbeck standing there. Uh, and they give you a look uh, like they are trying to say it's time. All right. Uh, Corey scoops up Snowy, uh, gives Cypress's shoulder a gentle squeeze, uh, and she will carry the kitten out of the room. Okay. By the way, um, I'm elongating Snowy's name. It's Snowy Clementine Harbinger of the Gentle Winter. Aww. It's a very long name that I will have to remember. <laughs> Suffer. Snowy Clementine, Herald of the Long Winter. No, Herald of the Gentle Winter. Herald of the Gentle Winter. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it is. So, so it shall be. Uh, at this point, um. It is Diantha, Redbeck, and you. You have Snowy with you. Uh, the place where Diantha takes you to is actually a uh, large coastal cave uh, that is pretty far away from the main, uh, like from the main isle itself. Uh, it's more of like an island that is uh, out a little bit farther from the shoreline that's only accessible during low tide points. And upon uh, your entrance into it, uh, Diantha expresses that she set this place because one, releasing Vinru, regardless of if they are on your guys' side or not, the pure sight of, the, of that creature's, well, still living presence would probably upset a few folks she's not interested in uh hashing out any uh in hashing out any of that and bringing any of that to the table she doesn't want to deal with it gotcha okay um so um redbeck says uh while holding the jar um that uh basically asking if the two of you know what your roles in this are it's a good question diantha uh expresses that she is going to be support and rudbeck will be in charge of maintaining the ritual and opening the jar uh, Corey, it is then up to you to try and get Vinru to agree to this. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck this up so bad. Let's do it. Okay. Um, 
so with that, uh, Redbeck opens up the jar uh, and in Elven speaks the command words of um, we will find for you a home. And like the sound of two woodblocks striking against each other, an entire blizzard fills the inside of this cavern and you see the monstrous form of this ancient creature, Venru, staring down at you with twin gleaming eyes that seem to just ever be in the shadows of the upper cave. And they snarl towards you and you see them bear down and get close, their large muzzle right in front of yours. And as they look like they're about to just immediately go and attack you, Rudbeck says to hold in Elven. And you see that Vinru does not want to, but they are holding, as is the nature of the jar. Hello, Vinrin. There's a burst of cold air just exhales through its nostrils. We have a proposition for you. Its eyes narrow. I will not be put back into the ring. Well, that's fortunate because we are not planning on doing that tell me Venru what would you prefer to be doing and Venru gets that cat like smile and sits upright and you see their tail sort of like flicking back and forth behind them and it says, you know exactly what I want to be doing at this moment, small Kalen. You halted me from doing it. But the real question is, why? Because you were bound to a ring that you didn't want to be? Make a persuasion check. It's a 26, baby. Okay. A 26. Um, so Vinru says, You cannot tame my power, you cannot bind it. I must be free. And freedom you shall have. <laughs> I propose an agreement. And they sit and look at you, and you can see that they are just like flexing their giant paws into the earth, just sinking their claws in. Relinquish the mantle of winter 
and you can go free. And it looks down towards you. And looks Corey, at Corey the is other holding two. a kitten. And looks at the other two. If I do this, how do I know you will not just kill me after? How my can honor, I trust? On my honor as a Caitlin. And then it turns to look towards Rudbeck. And Rudbeck says, on my honor as a Caitlin. And Diantha smiles and says, on my honor as a Kalen, but in my defense, I hope you can run fast. Yes, that's what I was going to say, actually. The follow-up was, I'll give you a head start. And then Vinru... Make another persuasion check. <laughs> oh, God. That one's a natural 20 for 29. Holy shit. Okay. So, Vinru then looks at the three of you and places a paw onto the ground and with one claw makes a circle. And then you can see them beginning to carve in a series of intricate lines in this very odd, almost flowing geometrical style that seems much more natural than it is scientific by any means. And then Venru says to place the vessel before them. Corey kisses Clementine on the head and then places that sweet bean uh, on the ground and then kind of like has to nudge it forward uh, as it kind of like floppy paws oh, over yeah. into the circle. And once it enters into the circle, though, you see um, almost like a frosted cage just seems to encompass over it to keep it from getting out of this area. And Vinru, with its large paw, sinks one of its nails into one of the soft bits of its large primordial beans. And then puts its paw next to the cage. And you see Clement, uh, Snowy Clementine uh, makes its way to the edge of the cave, sniffs Vinru's paw, and just starts lapping at the blood that's coming from it. And all of that ancient frozen power that Venru harnessed in their shaking pelt seems to fade. And they seem to almost get dull to look at, whereas before they were once in vibrant. And as the small kitten in this cage continues to lap up uh, this ancient primordial power, you see that it gets a frosty sheen along its coat and its small little uh, help me eyes begin to glow with that kind of icy blue color as well. 
and Vinru will eventually bring their paw back. And we'll look at the three of you and say, Your time is up, but our contract still stands. May I never see you again, Kalins. And another one of these quick flash blizzards encompasses Vinru. And you just see this trail of cold wind exit through the cave, uh, exit through the cave mouth as this ice cage breaks. And you see Snowy is just sort of like playing with a piece of the ice. Well, that went better than expected. And Diantha comes up uh, and you see her pull out a feather from one of her pockets and just starts playing with uh, (laughs) like brushing it over Snowy. Um... And she says, yeah, with the three of us here, he would have been a little bit of a pushover. Trick was to not have him in his environment. And that's thinking ahead. Corey just gives her a look like, ah, you used, you said the thing. Okay. <laughs> and Redbeck uh, at this point just looks at this now empty vase and says I don't think it wise to put this small creature inside of the ring but we cannot let others know that the ring is empty I think the plan with Scorchbane should still stand. Are you telling me that you're going to put Scorchbane in charge of guarding an empty ring? He nods. It's devious. I love it. We're We're going to do it. But if he ever finds out... If he ever finds out the creature within the ring was simply far too crafty and cheated their way out or something. Scorchbane is rather easy to talk to. You just have to know that it's never Scorchbane's fault. I see. All right. Okay, we're doing this. The wheel stays balanced. We don't bind a winter fay into a ring to fester and become angry. No, instead we bind a winter fay into something small and fluffy like you. Yes, kitty. And Diantha is like, it's like moving Snowy's front two paws. Front, <laughs> she's just holding him up, Long Cat. Amazing. All right. Okay. Back on the material plane. Gwen and Arjan, is there anything that the two of you are doing at this time? 
I guess making Goliath Team 6. Okay. Goliath Team 6. Uh, also, I want to contact uh, Philip. Okay. It's one of the first things that Gwen wants to do when she gets back. And uh, try to find... Uh, not Petro, uh, Parnell, Peter. Okay. Um, watching too much WandaVision. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, getting in touch with, uh, with Philip isn't that difficult of a thing. There are company channels that you can go through to make that pretty easy. Mm -hmm. uh, he also lets you know that he recently just acquired uh, a new building with the Ooh. rest of the uh, other recent hirees uh, from Tyrant Security. Uh, they don't have a name for it yet. They're thinking about turning it into an inn of sorts. I mean, that's typically where adventures start, right, is inns. So mm -hmm. it makes sense that they would want to have something uh, something along those lines. <laughs> Philip is also very... Um, he knew that there were going to be a lot of old people in this town, but he did not expect there to be that many old people. Uh, because that is, again, the town where you guys had fought a ghost uh, quite, mm -hmm. quite, a uh, quite a while ago. Um, but Philip, if he says, uh, or he says anyways, that if he knows that you're going to be in town for a while he'd be he would be more than willing to at least start the trip up uh it will take him roughly around a month and a half of travel uh Jesus. to get from silk creek as uh, it is just ah, him and todd now nah, babe i'll just i'll just pick you up don't worry just give me like eight hours he, well give me four hours to get there and then we have to let it recharge we can let it recharge we can hang out and then we can fly back yeah, Philip's down for this. Sweet. Uh, Rob, and, if Philip uh, is not, please, for the love of God, let me know. <laughs> I think he's fine. Uh, and uh, let's see. The the thing in um, uh, Shroudport, was that handled? No. No. No, no. you just wanted no. to go and check on Fang, I think was the only well, thing that you had been making mention of Shroudport. Right, I feel like there's stuff happening in Shroudport. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> it's only been months. Uh, what's the nearest waypoint we have to that? The nearest waystone to, uh, or not nearest waystone, the nearest teleportation circle that you would have, I believe, is actually Silt Creek. That's where we can pop the house? Yeah. And then how far is it down? Uh, Silt Creek is roughly around a, I believe it was originally a six day journey, five to six okay. days. Um, just crossing off winter in the Feywild from my list of things we have to do. Um, okay. Uh, I guess Gwen would approach Arjan one day, uh, probably about a week into our downtime. Um, and just, uh, hey, so uh, you do you think we should go check on Shroudport? 
Well, considering that I already tried to delegate that, and that ended miserably. Hey, uh, yeah, Philip was new. Yeah, they're came all new. Hag. Yeah, fair. Yes, I do believe with that we should check out Troutball. Do you think that's something that you and I need to do, or you and Goliath Team Six? You know the city better than, well, me or any of your Goliaths. So that's true. And I look completely different from the last time I was there, so, like, nobody will recognize me, right? I mean, it should be fine for either of us. Well, it should be fine for you. You don't... Well, uh, primarily neither of us use magic, so... Yeah. Yeah, okay, just to be clear, if I summon a Goliath, is that using magic? Yes. Even if it's, like, not... Me, it's that. Okay. All right. Uh, Okay, so... Did we try to... We tried to contact Fang, but Caleb couldn't get a hold of him, right? Right. Let me... Hold on one second. (laughs) Caleb, it's Gwen. How are you? I, this is a 25 word thing, right? I don't yeah. know. I have to count. Okay. I was wondering if you could check in on Fang in Shroudport. We are worried he is in trouble. Copy that. He didn't answer my question. I asked how he was doing it. He just said, copy that. Does nobody know how to write a fucking letter? How many miles away from a Shroudport would you say Kalem is right now? Uh... That's a specific question. My brain hurts. Uh, I would say you're probably less than 500 miles away. Cool. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 I'm terrified. Wait, no, it's not. I didn't save it. Shit. I have a spell. Within 500 feet, I can cast, like, this astral projection dummy of myself into, like, a space and walk around and see through its eyes. I thought it was really cool when I took it, but then I guess I didn't. Well, I'll let you know, you are a little bit more than 500 feet away. (laughs) 500 miles. 500 miles. miles. I think, is that arcane eye? No. God damn it, I'm... I'll get back to you on it. Okay. You put all your levels in wizard and then it's just too much. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. All right. So. I'm getting there. Don't worry about it. Calum, at this point, you would still be on the ship with Olivia. 
Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to establish so, that as well. So bullet points for Gwen. Go get Philip uh for to hang out for a while. Uh and then check in on Stroudport and find uh Peter slash Parnell. Yes. Okay. Um An interesting way to pronounce kill. <laughs> yeah. I have to give him a letter. So maybe. Um yeah, so once you get to Silt Creek after shooting this message to Calum, make an investigation check. I will help. Thanks. Or I can I have a minus one. I have a plus zero. Do you want me to do it instead? Uh I could do it at advantage. Okay. Let's go, champ. Project image. Ooh. Th- thanks. I rolled a 19, so 18. Okay. Uh, yeah, so with an 18, uh, you start asking questions about Peter. Uh, and it seems like, uh, yeah, after he made his business, he kept trying to sell everybody a lot of pastries. Uh, but it seemed like he invested too much into almonds uh, and did not realize that they could go bad so quickly if you did not do anything of note with them. Uh, His batch of almonds uh, went bad faster than he was able to make things for, and as such, uh, developed quite a hefty debt uh, that he was supposed to pay back to the landholder uh, that he had initially gotten this building from uh, after its previous tenant had aged rapidly into, well, a morbid end. Uh, he's still not good at paying back his debts, but rather than pay it back, he sold it to a bright-eyed individual for minimal overhead and then left all of the debts and everything else like that related to it to the new owners while he skipped town. Uh, he was last seen. He was last seen uh, heading towards Marisville. Right. Um, I'm wondering if this is something I could delegate to someone else, snatch him. But I don't know if Gwen could like actually describe him well enough to like get somebody else to do it. Well. He's a gray-skinned tiefling man with six fingers on each hand. You don't find very, you don't find too many like That's that. That's true. Um, yeah, she'll send one of the Goliaths, one of uh, one of the uh, smarter, one of the more intelligent Goliaths who could deceive him, to uh, let him know that. His old pal Gwen has come into some power in the Goliath tribe and wishes to host him for a celebratory weekend. Okay, and are you sending one of the Goliaths from the tribe to do that, or are you letting them go through your magic house out Silt Creek and then do that? Uh, Definitely taking them to Silt Creek and dropping them off. Because, gotcha. boy, that's a long trip. Yes. If we can fast travel, we're fast traveling. Oh, yeah. No, it's easier that way, all things considered. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yes, you are able to send a uh, send a Goliath out on uh, on this journey. 
and they will do their best uh, to to complete the journey for you. Um, Arjan, make a make a persuasion or intimidation check, depending on how best you wanted to train Goliath Team Six. Forceful presence. Okay. Nineteen. Nineteen. How did you train them? It was pretty well, but you only got to train them for about a week. Uh, just a montage of uh, like stealth training, like needing to like grab, uh, like go around grab uh, like flags off of like people's belts without like being heard. Okay. Which is apparently like actual stealth training. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He, th this is not something new for him because I'm sure he's had to train other uh, blood hunters at some point. Um, but yeah, it's just a, yep, very uh, military style training very quickly. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so yeah, you train them to the best of your ability, and then they can pretty much teach themselves after a certain point. You gave them the very the very basics. Uh, if you want to ever go back and teach them more skills, that sort of thing, you're more than welcome to. They were very receptive uh, to their dragon teacher. Uh, so you are now in Silt Creek. That was the plan. Gwen, uh, you are able to uh, approach Philip as he rides up towards you on the back of Todd, his noble and faithful steed. Uh, and when he arrives, uh, a very loud, very heartfelt, Guinevere! All right, we talked about this. It's just Gwen. Right. But it's good to see you. Uh... And he looks like he was going to run up and like a full hug. And then you're like, we have to be professional. He was like, oh, yes. <clears throat> How do you do? And he just like gives you a very large bow. My I'm just chieftain. thinking about Rob now. Yes. Uh, I do well, sir. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I'm very proud of what you have set up here and your your ambitions moving forward um sorry are we going down to shroudport is that what we're doing right now i don't know is that what the plan was you wanted uh, to pick philip up and then take him back to the tribe and then after that yeah. you're like all right then we'll go to shroudport so this is just the initial pickup for the boy yeah 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 so uh glenn just does a uh all right uh to whom it may concern, uh, at the Goliath that she is, that what she names them, she gives, says their name, uh, and gives them their mission and reiterates what they're supposed to do, going to find Peter, um, and sends them on their way, and then uh, is uh, so I to Philip, would you care to join me in my new abode? And I think Philip will, uh, like, look at the house and then just have, like, one of those, like, uh, not from you, but just from his memories of being in the house with the hag for a while. 
Uh, it's all right. We've redecorated. Oh, good. Uh, and he uh, he says on one condition, and that's you regale him with all of your finest tales. Absolutely. But first, I have to show you my boss ass bedroom. And uh, he says, oh, does it look different than the last time I saw it? And then you just, like, drag him off. <laughs> like, there is very much like, why do you want to show me your bedroom so badly? And then, like, <laughs> door shuts. Todd is, yeah, Todd oh, is just left in the living next room. Next to the woods. Arjan oh, yeah. is just in the kitchen uh, with a bathrobe and, like, pajama pants, just, like, sipping coffee and looking across the counter at this goat. That's in the living room. Ah! Eats a doily. <laughs> Slowly pulling the tablecloth into its mouth. The flower and the cup mm-hmm. fall. Just picks up his coffee. I love it. So yeah, once the once it resets, we'll go back to uh, the tribe. Okay. So I'll introduce him as friend. They all they know Philip. They remember yep. seeing him. Uh, so, Gwen, while you and Arjan are waiting for the house to reset, Caleb, you're still on the boat with Olivietta. Uh, your project self, project image? Project image. You create an illusionary copy of yourself that lasts for one day. The copy can appear at any location within range of 500 miles that you have been to before, regardless of intervening obstacles. The illusion looks and sounds like you, but is intangible and... The illusion takes any damage, it disappears, and the spell ends. You can, on my action, move the image to twice your speed and make it gesture, speak, and behave whatever, however you want. It mimics your mannerisms perfectly, and I can also see through it and hear through it. Okay, so you're just going to bamf it into the zesty into anchor? The, into the zesty anchor. Okay. Uh, yeah, and when you were doing this, Gwen had asked you to do this roughly around, like, early noon. Uh, so, you pop this spectral form over, you see uh, the zesty anchor is, it has customers in it, and there are quite a few that just sort of, like, look over at your form as it just appears in the middle of this room, uh... And you hear some people beginning to whisper uh, Spellcaster uh, as you just sort of arrive. Um, and Fang, uh, you see, is actually at the back of his bar, uh, as he normally is. But when he hears uh, when he hears people saying Spellcaster... Uh, and he sees your form just sort of like standing in the middle of this bar. Uh, you hear a quick surprise, oh! And he reaches for his belt, grabs his whip, and just shoots it up. Wait, wait, it's Caleb. And then he will attack the attack the ghostly image that has appeared in the middle of his in the middle of his bar. Caleb, make a perception check. Want somebody to love? 12. He's too busy looking at the whip coming at him. Uh, a 12. Following the whip back to Fang's big, meaty hands, 
Uh, you see that he has a ring on his finger that you have seen before. Not one of your friends wearing necessarily, uh, but this looks like a ring that would have magical properties preventing him from being dialed if he didn't want to talk to anybody at a specific time. Hmm. Well, fuck. Huh. Sending Gwen back. I'm fine, by the way. Looks like Fang has some magic on him that prevents us from communicating. He looks fine as well. It's all right, Philip. Hold on just one second. Okay. I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. Is that the message that Caleb gets? Is it's no, okay? No, well, that I could send something back. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I can't ask a question. Okay. Glad you're good. Let me know later if everyone looked safe and should we investigate further don't contact me for the rest of the day Phillip's here bye gross <laughs> okay so um, yeah Caleb and then received that message one more sending out to Kendek um, I have some plans if you're willing to work with me. It's going to be big. I'll need your skill. JBob88, thank you for the two gifted subs. JK! Gift sub. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kendek responds, I didn't know you were back. Yes, I can help. How large are we talking? Could we say in these like interim moments when he's navigating, he's also drawing up the plans? Oh yeah, for sure. And he's gonna tap it to his um, <clears throat> tyrant security coin to send it to uh, Kendek. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kendek will receive the plans. No worries. Yeah. Oh, he is more than willing to help you build a thing. Um, yeah, I'd say with the rest of his sending as well, um, he would also uh, say, let Gwen know her project is finished. That's it? Yeah, because it was the last part of his sending. Okay. Copy that. Oh, wait, no. I sent him, so yep. then he sent me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, then back in the Feywild. Corey, you have just gotten done putting all of this infinite worldly power into an itty-bitty kitty. Um, 
and now that you have it in uh in snowy clementine's small body um and redbeck is going off not just with the uh not just with the urn but also the now emptied ring of winter uh that leaves you uh you two specifically uh you and diantha to deal with um to deal with snowy and diantha looks towards you and then looks back back towards the cat as she's just like kind of giving it like the little like side cheeky uh side cheek rubs and she says so what'd you end up naming this thing uh, snowy clementine the gentle herald of winter they sound terrifying aren't you aren't you just a little ow like <laughs> they get like clearly they got the cat riled up and are playing a little bit too hard now beware their wrath um and diantha sort of chuckles to herself and scoops up snowy uh, and sort of like tucks them in to the side of the bolero uh, to hold them close to her. And she says, there's someone I want Snowy to meet. Call it a hunch. You're not going to explain yourself, are you? <laughs> nope. And at that, she walks past you and begins making her way back to the Spring Isle. And as you follow her, you see that she is making a beeline path to the hospital where Cypress is. Okay. And as you follow her, she walks past the orderlies and the other uh, medical magical staff and makes her way to Cypress's door. As she does, uh, there are like several nurses that are like, please, you can't just barge in there whenever you want. She's like, yes, I can, I'm a Kaelin, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and like very clearly like easily pulls rank on these people, even though you aren't supposed to be able to pull, man- uh, pull rank on medical staff. Um, and when she does, she opens the door and Corey following behind her. Uh, you can see that uh, Cypress is leaning forward. They've removed uh, the robe that he was wearing and are in the process of actually changing out some of his bandages. And you can see that those shatter scar lines are all across his chest and the rest of his body as well. But as you get close and... Uh, Diantha sets Snowy down onto the ground. Snowy looks up at Diantha. Looks up towards you. And then Diantha makes like a motion, like kind of like scritching at uh, Snowy's back haunches to kind of make them uh, scuttle forward a bit. And as they do, the med staff is like looking like they're about to try and like put their hands out and, and stop Snowy. And Diantha puts her hand up and tells them to wait. And you see Snowy hop on to the lap of Cypress. And as they do and they nestle in, you see those shattered marks on Cypress's body begin to glow. 
with a very pale, very comfortable blue light that seems to course up from Snowy across the rest of his body. And that hand, his sword hand that you had seen that had been trying so hard to hold, just seems to move on its own very easily. And with another hand that was previously injured as well, you see puts one hand on the nape of Snowy's neck and with the other just starts petting. And you hear Cypress's words say, well, hello, and who are you? And as Cypress is petting this small creature that seems to have jumped up on its lap, Diantha turns and looks towards you and just gives you the biggest shit-eating grin that she possibly can. Uh, like Corey's having one, like having a moment, uh, and then like her her eyes flicker over to Diantha, uh, and then she just kind of pushes her. And I think like Diantha just kind of like stumbles out of the doorway <laughs> a little bit, uh, and that cause and commotion actually does enough that Cypress will look over towards you, and you can see that his vision is not clouded. He doesn't have that same thousand yard stare that he had before. And he looks at you with his one good eye, but you see these magical lines kind of coming up his body. And he just says, I was wondering how long it'd take until I could see you again. And Corey. Hi as you say hi and look at cyprus that is where we are going to call it for tonight's session so i'd like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop by and join us through this wonderful game of dungeons and or dragons we just finished up with departure part two which means that hey guess what it's time for our own departure as players going into our after shows and all of that but we'll be back here next week don't worry about it. Hey, RJ, th speaking of things I've never worried about, where can I find you? What do you do? That's a fucking line. You know it. Hey, everybody, I'm RJ, and I'm on our at rjustice22 on Twitter and Twitch, where I tweet about the nerdy things in my life and sometimes play video games with some of my friends. You can catch me here always on Mondays as Calum, the Shatterkai wizard, on... Oh boy, this Wednesday, catch Connor and I over at Open for Adventure. We just had our first episode... It was great. I got the suplex of rock. Metal's all hell. Uh, this Saturday over at GGK is our star power game where I play a punchy boy whose grandpa just got shot and now he's on a warpath. The enemies can't actually hit me. And that's the best part. So I'm going to T1000 up to one of them and it's just going to be great. Uh, Sundays, catch me over at the Hype Goblins channel in the morning as Roland Grandbrook, a cleric sorcerer, uh, half-elf, who just wants to heal everybody. Sauce fires there, and, like, he jumps ship to another, like, enemy pirate ship and then almost died. So I turned into a sperm whale and just, like, cleaved it in half. DanaeKeener.com 
Hi, everybody. I'm LB Hackamup. You can find me at LB Hackamup on the Twitters and the Twitches. The next place, or the next place you can find me and the next time you can find me is tomorrow around three o'clock because I never start on time. Uh, on my own channel, uh, we're doing Tuesday Trials and Triumphs. Uh, I will either be playing Dead by Daylight or Overwatch, depending on what tickles my fancy. Um, and then after that, I'll be on GGK. Wednesday night, I'll be on my own channel again we're running four by four which is a monster of the week game with jordan with ph sir lucian uh savvy seaworth and the kraken's crown on thursday i'll be on nerd immersions channel doing boulders game which has been super fun i did a really good job of not clicking things last time and i didn't start any fights so a plus for me Friday's Friday Night Frights on LB Hackamup's channel. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to be playing something by myself. Shit, I didn't get to figure that out. I've been really wanting to get Alien Isolation, so maybe I'll do that. We'll see. Uh, and then Sunday's on GTK doing Slaying 101. Uh, .com. Hi! I'm Cyber. Uh, you can... Find me, uh, you can find most of my stuff at cyberwolf21.live. It's got links to my Twitch, uh, where we finished playing Werewolf. It only took two streams, so that's fun. Uh, but then I learned that it actually only takes four hours to finish the game because the stealth is made up and the roofs don't actually exist. So maybe I'll come back to it whenever I have a decent speed run of it. Um, but for right now, uh, this Saturday, we're going to come back starting a run of Hollow Knight. So uh, let's hope that I can actually finish it because I haven't done that yet casually. Um, but it, it's it's all going to be good. Archives of that go on YouTube, youtube.com slash cyberwolf1201. Um, there's also uh, uh, Let's Talk About It on youtube and also uh at let's talk abt pod it's the podcast where kyle with an ni talk about stuff and it's a it's a good time if you want to listen to all the shit that we say whenever we're drunk and doing parkour um check out jabroni tv it's got a lot of cool streamers doing a lot of cool stuff and on our youtube channel right now and for the next five weeks uh because I just finished editing the last episode. Uh, we, uh, we're we going to be posting the uh, episodes of Boyf, Boyf's, Boyf, Boyfcraft. Boyf's craft. Boyfcrafts. I don't know. Uh, it's the story of two boyfriends building a house together in Minecraft. And it's good. Go, go check it out. And considering, consider subscribing... Uh, and liking and commenting, uh, but mostly subscribing so that we can actually tell you the link to the you to the YouTube because it's not youtube.com slash TV right now. Uh, but also just check out the episodes because I had a lot of fun editing them and I think they're very good and I'm not biased. Uh, but for the RPG stuff that I'm doing uh, right now, you can clearly find me here on Mondays. You can no longer find me here on Thursdays, but you can check out our big old VODs of the game that I ran for Tower Security, uh, featuring a, a special NPC cameo from the Four Keats last episode. So that's that was fun. Uh, you can maybe check me out tomorrow on High Shelf Gaming playing Werewolf. It remains unclear. Stay tuned. 
but like RJ said, you can find us uh, on Open for Adventures channel on Wednesdays. Uh, he suplexed a rock. I punched one. And it was cool. Yeah. JanaeKeener.com Speaking of DanaeKeener.com, hi everybody, I'm Danae Keener. You can find me at DanaeKeener.com. I do nerdy drawings mostly related to D&D and a lot of things on this channel. Um, you can find me also on Twitter at Danae Keener, and that's where I keep my schedule. You can see all the things that I'm up to. Um, DanaeKeener.com It's an audible link. <laughs> Man, I wish it was an audible link. We could be getting some more of that Amazon Skrilla, but that's fine. Oh. No, it's an audible wink. Oh, I thought you said it was an audible link, like the book no, reading no. service. Well, someday, no, it's like... maybe. Okay. Well, if you've made it this far, you probably already know who I am. But if you don't, hey, Acorns, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the indoor adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash indoor adventures. We do shows like this on Monday and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as well as on Sundays at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If this is your first time joining us, you can go to youtube.com slash indoor adventures to check up on all of the VODs of each of the games that we have played up until this point, including full playthroughs of Curse of Strahd, Ghost of Saltmarsh, Waterdeep, Dragon Heist, and now Tyrant Security. Security is also among those ranks as well. So if you would like to binge the entire series that Cyber put on for us, hey, guess what? It's all up on our YouTube or AudioCast, regardless of where you want to go and check us out. But speaking of things that you should go and check out, we do have to be going into our after show now called Knights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from the community, but also from each other. So if you would like to, if you have any questions that you would like to ask myself or any of these other fine folk, feel free to join us at patreon.com slash indoor adventures. So that way we can answer those questions to the best of our ability. But for now, we are going to be heading into that after show. So I'd like to once again say thank you to everybody who decided to stop by thank you to these players for putting up with my bullshit once again this week and we'll see all of you guys next time all right everybody bye bye <laughs>